Hello. Hi. Hi, it's just me, Richie. Steve's not here today. I'm all by myself. Uh, I'm all alone. I'm all alone in this podcast. I'm also all alone in real life. No, wait, no, not like, no, I'm in a happy relationship. No, I don't mean that. I mean, like, my roommates are all gone this weekend. They're all going back to Ireland um, for the Easter. I didn't mean that I'm all alone in life. That would be a sad thing to announce on a podcast. Uh, But yeah, it's just me all home alone. Kind of like the movie, but if instead of getting up to wonderful uh, antics, um, Kevin McAllister instead just sat at home editing a podcast and eating Sainsbury's jam donuts, which come to think of it is probably something that, um, what's that kid's name? Matt, no, no, uh, Macaulay Culkin. I nearly called him Matthew McConaughey, which would have made for a very different film, but no, that actually kind of sounds like what Macaulay Culkin does in real life. Um, sick burn on Macaulay Culkin. Take that. Uh, but yeah, it's just me. Uh, I'm going to burn through this intro pretty quick because we got a really good episode waiting for you guys. Uh, so a little bit of housekeeping up top. Uh, what am politics on Facebook, Gmail and Twitter. That's the usual stuff. We sometimes forget to plug it. So I'm making a point of doing it now up top. That's how you get in contact with us. That's how you submit questions and ideas for episodes, which is actually how we got the idea for this week's episode. Thank you, Supermarket Love, for the theme music. I love you, Supermarket Love. You're, you're a good man. So this week's episode, it's on diversity. It's a topic you guys have been requesting for a long time now, but we were kind of holding off on doing it until we could get the right people in to talk. And we found that in the form of the Mostly Lit Podcast, guys. If you're not familiar with the Mostly Lit Podcast, what are you doing? It's a very good show. It's much better than this show. I don't know why. what what are you doing here when you could be over there. Uh, No, actually, don't leave, please. We need you. But it's a really good podcast. Really good people. Really smart and funny. Excellent people to hang out with. We really enjoyed talking to them um, the other weekend. And we hope you enjoy it too. So, yeah. God, Matthew McConaughey in Home Alone. Imagine what kind of movie that would be. So good. Ali, you look so cozy with your, your jacket you and your cocktail just, up in the corner. I just... Yeah. Sunday morning podcast. Yeah, it. that's, that's it. what I do. Yeah. Freezing cold. Yeah. <gasps> I'm just ready for this session. This is gonna be amazing. This is so a session that we don't have to worry about, like, like taking it forward. Like, <laughs> what are you gonna say next? Because we're just like, okay, what are you gonna Look, say yeah, next? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh you can, no, you don't get this. You're the guests, so we'll <laughs> take it back, and you guys have to carry it. What? Experts, no. Experts in this situation, <laughs> you know. Well, we see about that. <laughs> <laughs> you get more and more relaxed. More, you're just, just like, sinking yeah. into that couch. I think he's asleep. It will get. I won't wake you because you look so peaceful. I think he needs a nap. But yeah, the way you guys start podcasts is far nicer than the way we start our podcast. You actually like ask each other how your week was, and we just kind of yeah. jump into it, and that's kind of nice. So I thought we could actually do that. It'd be a nice little segue. So how was your week? How's your week? Um, how's my week? Yeah, how's your week? Okay. Um, <laughs> my week has been awful, actually. Aww. I know. I've been working really, really hard. Um, and like, yeah, my job is just... You're, you're a trainee lawyer. I right? am. Yeah. Which okay. sounds like... Fun. Not really. I was going to say the worst thing in the world, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, how was your week? Um, my week was good. Um, <laughs> I'm just literally... I'm just buzzing. Um, <laughs> thinking about it. Um, I'm... This week... I even forgot what I said on our actual podcast. I can't remember. Mm. 
But it was a good week. Oh yeah, I went to see um, Wrinkle in Time. Oh, is that good? It is good. Um, so definitely, it's a children's film. Right. So you got to just remember that. Yeah, that's fine though. Um, otherwise, yeah, like I had a pretty pretty decent week. Yeah. It was pretty, um, it's what it was. It was There was sunshine in that week okay. and it was amazing. And then, yeah. And then, until Saturday morning. Yeah, the nuclear winter, the winter hit. And winter came back. Yeah. I think it's been the longest winter. It's been the longest winter. Yeah, it's know. awful. It just keeps on going away and then it's like a little bit nice and mild yeah. and then bang, it's back again. Yep, 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 yep. My yep. parents live in the middle of nowhere in the Irish countryside and they were snowed in for five days. There was like seven foot snow drifts on the road and they couldn't go anywhere. They went slowly insane. Like I kept getting WhatsApps from them like as time went on. It's like they're the shining. Just, yeah. And like they live in the middle of nowhere and they've, bar- they've barely got any internet. Like it's, so they're How just... they um like get food and stuff? Oh, there was, Ireland had a big... We panicked. We panicked. Because we knew the storm was coming. Yeah. So everyone emptied the supermarkets. Like there was no food. Wow, it's like the end of the world. Yeah. That was what it was like. Yeah, that's what Ireland thought was People went happen. crazy about bread. It yeah. was like oh, anywhere no. there was bread, people were grabbing it. You need bread though. Yeah. That is such a cool Everyone bought like six though, loaves of bread. They don't need that much. <laughs> people that probably never eat bread on a daily basis were like, we have to make sure we yeah. have bread. Yeah. There's a storm coming. At the very least. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool, right? Huh? Just being, living in fear like that not even in fear wow, but it just okay. sounds so cool well, have you ever been on you, what like, you been from Zanzibar have you been London there on hurricane so, season no well Jamaica and hurricane season you better just have everything and hide but under that's everything so else. Cool. but at least that's a legitimate dangerous cool. thing coming in that's going to yeah. cause us, it was just a bit of snow in fairness like I mean yeah. I know people got stuck and stuff and you couldn't drive around but it was fine you still had your house you had your home heating system yeah, yeah. and you yeah. had bread yeah. <laughs> more bread yeah you could build blankets yeah. out of bread and your, tinned, your tinned rations most yeah. people got a couple of days off work, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we didn't. I feel like London just got just got enough snow to make it difficult to get around. Yeah, but not enough snow. Yeah, they cancelled some schools, which I thought was ridiculous. Wait, mm. when? When we had the east beast from the east. Oh, the other week. Yeah. Yeah, they were like. Okay, that, that wasn't ridiculous. I can understand that because you obviously, as you know, you said he's like Canada is surviving and it's mm. like minus but Canada whatever. Is set. Is is based it's on built that, around or, that. Built, built around that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they have the infrastructure and the and, and the we are a developing country that should be able to deal with that. Imagine if something yeah. terrible happened. Yeah, but we don't. But the thing is, like, this is the first year that we've had snow in ages. Yeah. I remember like every other winter has been pretty like just cold. I don't know what yeah. Theresa May is doing, but she needs to. <laughs> oh, <it's> <laughs> she needs to get out there with a shovel. Yeah. Theresa May's fault. Yeah. It is her fault. We have a Swedish friend who, uh, they're, like their their government's totally used to dealing with snow all yeah. the time because it's, again, that's just how their country was built. Yeah. And he's just been walking around here just like pointing at things going, that snow needs to be brushed off that roof because if it stays there and it solidifies and then it all comes off in one big lump, someone's going to die. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, just like he's pointing out oh, all these wow, buildings. Yeah. See those icicles in Sweden? People, there's government employees who come along and knock them down safely because if they melt just enough that the ice starts to fall, but not yeah. enough that it just turns fully to water, it'll impale someone. It's like, <laughs> Jesus, Marcus. Okay, <laughs> so. That so, is yeah. how we should be. We should be more like Sweden. Yeah, we should be more, more like our friend Marcus. Yeah. How many people were killed by falling icicles in London? He actually, no, I don't know, in London. <laughs> he gave a number in Sweden to people who die from just like sheets of snow falling off roofs. It's, it's, <laughs> You shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> no, it's just I mean, an image. Like, you're just I mean, walking along. If you're going to go, you're going to go with style. And then, and <laughs> <laughs> Me, I want to go with Grace, but that's really good. Yeah, so really when you say go with Grace, like in what oh, way? Like, you know when you just... Happy, peaceful. Yeah, you know you just like... At the top of your game, yeah, 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 and you're just like, you know what? Oh, wait, so like, you're presented with an award, and you're like, thank you, for this, <laughs> and you collapse, you collapse and on and stage, like, and it's like, okay, the next day you're just just dying, peaceful. I want to die Gone. like after buying something that I really always wanted and having that rush and that rush What's that the you point feel, you're not it anyway? and then it's just like, but then you don't get to have it. <gasps> Do you get buried with it in that case as well, like, be like nice. a pharaoh? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. take like it forever. A nice Chanel two point five bag. 
Rigor mortis is totally clutching onto <laughs> it. They try and take it off and it's just like, no. no. For it. <laughs> you might have somebody raid your coffin for it. Can you imagine? Because I'm breaking in to get your Chanel 2, what was it? The 2.5 ton bag. There's a dog in work a, a guy brings his dog into work every day And he always smells amazing Like the dog smells better than any of the guys in our office And it's because he has a doggy clone called Canel 5 Canel 5 And like, we had a, a, t- a day in the office where Sabrina, one of my colleagues goes Oh who smells really good? And she's looking at all the guys And we're like, what if you wear some really nice clone? Who smells so good? And we're all like, oh, no, it's not me it's not. And then like Rufus, the dog walks by and like, oh, it's Rufus. Yeah. <laughs> Rufus smells better than every boy in this office. Oh, man. He just struts on by. Does that say much Go about Rufus. the dog or does it say bad things about you guys? I think it's kind of both. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Hence the white gulf. But we digress. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what we're here to talk about. This is today. how we do our openings. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is more like our openings. <laughs> uh, but no, we, we were talking about this before we actually started recording. Um, back in, around Christmas, we put a call out, a little survey to see what people wanted us to talk about. Mm. And the biggest response we got back in terms of the subject was diversity. Like we were saying, we are two white, middle-class, cisgender dudes. And for us to just start talking about diversity on a podcast is just <laughs> the, probably the worst thing we could have done. But we decided then to like bring in people who actually knew, knew what they're talking about and could give different perspectives mm. from our own. And we can talk a little bit about why our perspectives are so bad and homogenous <laughs> a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, we, we, we reached out to you, the guys from the Mostly Lit yeah. Podcast. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about you guys and like what your podcast is for people who aren't what familiar with it and okay, Alex, what you're all about? You have the five, like the elevator pitch. The elevator pitch. Boom. <laughs> We're a book podcast. We talk about books and pop culture. Mm. Yeah. Two, we banter a lot. Nice. Three, yeah. we out here. Um, basically, no, we, we basically, you? we out you. No, we basically, what What's we, that? Yeah. we, we just based, oh, that means we're just like out doing what we need to do. Cool. Um, basically, no, we write, you know, we, we do the podcast. It's um, a books and literature pop culture podcast where mm. we kind of like take a book a week and we discuss a book and its key themes. Mm. Um, and then we also have a film and TV segment where yeah. we talk about films and like, you know, developing conversations and, um, discussions and debates from that mm. and like, like just literally the, the basis of our yeah. podcast and we're just talking about um and just how it kind of pertains to like you know just the millennial voice yeah. and what we're going through mm. um we're all from we're all from london so a lot of the stuff tends to be london centric yeah we spent up like a point but you know a whole like what was it like a whole like five ten minutes talking about tfl yesterday yeah that's how like london we are (laughs) no but the thing is like we did also speak about like the paris tube and then we went yeah how we hate the so we just kept it urban you know what i mean but um yeah that's what we kind of talk about sometimes we speak about music um but the the core of the show is about books books and kind of demystifying demystifying and also changing the perspective of the reader right and what that looks like you know because everybody has this idea of what a reader is mm. and it's just some white some, old guy not necessarily just very... somebody who's like cobbled up in their corner like bes- bespectacled and bespectacled. <laughs> we're, we're, also, we're both spectacled yeah, you're also, you're also, you're also, also cobbled up in the corner yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all I'm cold number one yeah and number two um not reading. My, my glasses are nice. Um, they're nice glasses. They're, they're, I, I like those glasses. <gasps> I told you you need to change them. But they've, 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 you they've need to open up me, your eyes. Me. Well, anyway, this is not about me. Um, <laughs> I like them. But yeah, we're demystifying what the reader is, the, the reader is, and mm. you know, I'm like, in our journey, we've like, we've, we've met so many people who just engaged with us so much. Mm. I'm just about the way that 
they just like the way what we talk about and getting yeah. them onto reading a lot more, making reading seem a bit um, cooler. Yeah, in such, so. I mean it's working. You guys are having a, a great year. Yeah, Your podcast is doing yeah. really well. Like it's a proper. Proper legit podcast. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, no, like, like legitimately is. Like we were talking about it on the way and every, everything about it, like the production of it's great, the content's great. Amazing. And even like, you. even your voices, your voices are all very, sound really nice, but we're all very distinct and different. So it's very easy to listen to the three of you talk. Really? Whereas we, yeah, whereas we get a lot of feedback. That if anyone, sound, if it, like non-Irish listeners listen to us, they can't actually distinguish between our voices. It's very similar, Because yeah. we're both kind of like middle level. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to, we, neither of us have got particularly strong like Irish, Irish accents. Yeah, mm. it's just like, yeah, I don't, sometimes we don't know which one of you are talking, so. <laughs> we just form one amorphous blob yeah. <laughs> that talks back and forth. So that's why we're trying to get different voices, if anything, on yeah. the podcast. Yeah, exactly. To just, make it easier for, for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Richie was talking about how, um, how homogenous our upbringing was. So both of us growing up in relatively rural Ireland, I, I, I lived right. in Dublin for about 10 years before I moved to the countryside, but mm. even in Dublin, we didn't really see many people that didn't look or sound or act like us. Well, yeah. really. the, the 2016 census, um, Ireland was 92.8% white. Wow. Catholic white. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, around that. And, and then the other 8% is mostly white Protestants. Yeah. So there's a, yeah. So it's, it's, it's very culturally oh, wow. homogenous. And that was even going back to like the, the, the 90s and 90s, like our formative years, it would have been yeah. even more skewed that way. Very, very culturally homogenous. The last two or three decades, it really has diversified, especially Dublin. Like, there's people from everywhere in the world mm. in Dublin. Yeah. Like, you walk around the city centre, you're going to see every kind of people. Yeah. But yeah. The re- like, it's not, I guess, in comparison to the UK, um, the reason we don't have so many different people is that there was no reason for anyone to want to move there until a yeah. couple of decades ago because we were just like a shitty little poor island. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like Irish people growing their potatoes uh-huh. until... The economic, the economy kind of jumped up and now, oh yeah, we're opening up. and Yeah, that's strange. So that's why, yeah, that's why we were like, oh yeah. When we, so when we started this podcast, going through our friend list, we're seeing it. Even like, I mean, until I went to college, I probably didn't meet anyone that wasn't, that didn't look or act just like me. Oh, exactly. Which Even did you go to? Was it in Ireland? In Dublin, yeah. 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 Dublin City, we've met in Dublin City University. How oh, okay. Have you been to London? I don't um, live in London. Richie lives in London. I, I live here. So I, li- I went to San Francisco first mm-hmm. and then from San Francisco, I moved to London. And when I moved, San Francisco was incredibly diverse, like absolutely incredible, especially in Silicon Valley, because they've got a lot of um, like a high Asian population. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's they're, they're very good at bringing in people, yeah. giving them work visas, like sponsoring yeah. them and bringing them in because there's a huge um, hunger for, for talents in Silicon Valley. Yeah. So they're always trying to hire from around the world. So it's very, very diverse. And okay. it was kind of it was really refreshing to go in and, and now have friends who, who are black or who are Asian, who I literally didn't have. I didn't have that. You got to go to a wedding in Africa. I got to go, yeah. <laughs> uh, November, I went to a oh, wedding in Tanzania for my oh, friend, Danny. Oh, from Tanzania. Oh, we went to, yeah, the wedding was in Dar es Salaam and then we all had like a big group honeymoon out oh, in Zanzibar. that is amazing. Yeah, Zanzibar is, Zanzibar is beautiful. Absolutely. My, one of my favourite places. Well, they places. had to take you on their honeymoon because all you guys made the effort of going there. So, yeah, a bunch of us came. Poor couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was those Two guys and a bunch of people from San Francisco, like us <laughs> yeah. from London, and uh, just just following them around. And because like the couple, they were the only ones who knew Tanzania. Yeah, Tanzania spoke the local language, yeah. so we were just following them around on their honeymoon. That is so cool. <laughs> but it was great. Yeah, it was amazing. Aww. beautiful country. That's nice. I'm happy. Yeah. Like, nobody ever like mentions my country, especially these two. Well, oh, Alex and Derek. Do you do you go back? Yes, yeah, so I was there in Zan- in January. Oh, really? For okay. a week in Zanzibar. Yeah. yeah. Whereabouts in Zanzibar? Um, just off so you know where Stone Town is yeah yeah we were like there's this like massive road leading to this place called Wubu okay Um, is that going north (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, we went to Nungui? Is that, oh, is that Nungui, right? yeah, I know Nungui. where that is. Okay. Not, I didn't butcher there. that name, did I? A little bit. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you did those okay. Two, they, they sounded very different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, that's so cool, man. Mm, yeah. What are we talking about? Um, diversity. 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 Yeah, so, as I mentioned, though, I was actually going to ask, because I know that there's quite a few black Irish people. Yeah, well, so, there are now, but yeah. I mean... But like, what was that kind of like? When I was growing up in my school, about five on... First, I was in a large national school, like a um, kid's school in Dublin. I'd say nearly 700 boys. And then next door, there was a school with 500 girls. No, no non-white kids at oh, all. Wow. And that was like a really middle-classy kind of area. Not to say, like, and then there, like, there's been a couple of famous... Um, Irish people that have had like um, African mothers or fathers uh, mm. Phil Linnett from Thin Lizzy yeah. and then there's a couple of footballer guys as well that like became famous but apart from maybe a couple of like rare Samantha people. Mumba Samantha, Samantha Mumba, Mumba. Yeah. that's true yeah. Yeah. I forgot about her what's, yeah. she, what's she doing I haven't I heard that name in forever I don't, I don't know she's kind of just hanging around Dublin is she yeah she goes to parties and stuff she's oh. like a socialite now I think. Oh, okay, yeah. okay good for her hope she's not going to listen to this podcast and correct me it's like excuse me my projects are diverse and large <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I mean like now but now you walk around most schools and you will see people of loads of different um, colours because obviously more people have moved in and they're starting to actually integrate and change the population but up, up until even like two or three decades ago it was just as you said, white Irish people, but and then since this is a political podcast, mm. to talk about diversity, you need to actually go and look for it. You can't just take it as a granted, and so that's why we said, "Oh yeah, we'll talk to you guys." So yeah, yeah. I guess the first question that we want to ask is how political. Since it's a politics podcast, we were like mm. it's political diversity we're leaning towards. So, like we we listen to the podcast, we know that you guys do have opinions and follow the news. But for people that aren't aware, how political would you guys say you are? <clears throat> I'm very political. <laughs> I, I love that pause before that. <laughs> How about you, Alex? Um, <laughs> I'm going to isolate that sound and just keep yeah, it. That's great. That's just, um, for me, I would say I'm, I'm middle ground mm-hmm. to the point where when we talk about politics, if we're talking about like obviously government policy and, you know, voting and whatnot, I kind of sway in between. Like I tend to I tend to look at what good each one, well, not within reason, but mm-hmm. I tend to look at what good can be imposed by these parties and what they try to do. And then I always find myself swathing in the middle ground, like, oh, I like that idea, <laughs> but I like that one too. So if that idea was with that one and that one was there, <laughs> and if I just drew all of those to make a separate party, <laughs> that would be amazing. But it doesn't tend to work this way. So I probably only- end up moving around like a political kind of agnostic kind of um kind of way that sounds um, like a very healthy attitude though. yeah, yeah. um because you know like i don't st- i don't tend to stress myself over these things mm. but i um again it's like kind of what like ray was saying about you know just like i want to i want to see change i want to see good change mm. i want to see i want to see people win mm-hmm. but i want it to be i do look for equity and and fairness among across across the board mm-hmm. um because i think I had a, a, it's a bit of an, you need to just have a good understanding of the agendas of each political party for you to understand like where they're going to go next. Obviously, if, like I remember when I was in um, sixth form and we had, we had to do this political spectrum test and we had to figure out which, pardon? I was like, um, where was I? Social. Are you like centre left? No, I was like, 
you know, okay, so it's typically a quadrant. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm usually in the bottom left quadrant. Oh, uh, yeah, me too. Yeah, but we did quadrant. one of them on the podcast. Before, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what the exact title was, yeah. but it was somewhere Egan, near Egan Gandhi Nama and somewhere yeah. near Noam Chomsky. And so I kind of don't know which. Those are two guys you want to get behind. Yeah, they're just, they're just around there. But anyway, yeah. So um, and then my teacher was like, you know, the older you get, the more conservative you become. Mm. Yeah. I, I, hear, I hear that at all. Yeah, you hear that a lot. But then that just made me start thinking. Because I remember around that time, that was the time in um, uh, the 2010 election. Mm. It was the 2010 election with the whole um, coalition. And. Um, and that's when I started like getting all these different books on like why vote number one and then it was like why vote for Lib Dem why vote for Conservative why vote for Labour yeah. Green and I started just reading across the board wow. to kind of figure out what I wanted and I just did, couldn't even come to a conclusion so, so you actually like you've seen the election coming up and you're like I need to educate myself mm. yeah because I, because yeah. I, if only everybody did that well, yeah. the, 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 that's the thing like I I I like to be informed on the yeah. choices I'm making. I don't want to just be like, oh, well, such and such is doing that. Yeah. Well, so I would do this. Well, some people would, just go, I like their face. Exactly. Yeah. Some people do that. Or like what their parents really or what were used to, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're a Labour, we're a Labour family yeah. or we're a yeah. Conservative family. I and, do and think, my, yeah. my family was split. My family was split. Yeah. Like, um, some of my grandparents, like my granddad was Conservative. Mm. My other, my, his wife, my nan, was Labour. So basically like, you know what I mean? And that was across the board. And, Don't you talk know, to each other at election time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and he would, he would stand, he would sit there and be like, well, he's voting for this, that, and the other. But for particular reasons, not like on the whole, but like there were particular points that he liked. So he would stick with those, the economic points and move forward. Oh, but they're all liars anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, so you um, know, they'll write, like I've read the manifestos that came out in the last election and as much as I wanted to get behind so many of their points that they've made because they're all going to flower it with these amazing things that you really want to get behind. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have to add a little salt to it because I'm very distrust distrustful mm-hmm. of the things that they'll say. You oh, know? Yeah, especially a manifesto is basically like a marketing it, or PR right? yeah. move more so than a yeah. political one. Exactly. And I do like the debates because I feel like the debates is where you can really gauge somebody's character I suppose mm. uh-huh. wish we just had more of them yeah. yeah it is annoying that it's not part of the, the UK yeah, election yeah. Yeah. The, the debates are so staged and it's so, it's just so hilarious yeah, but I, sometimes you can really gauge somebody especially when like the presenter who was it this time wait I don't know who it was god I forgot their names but um, they really rattle you and in that rattle something comes out yeah which is you know not necessarily planned mm. Yeah. That's when you can really gauge someone's character. Though in saying that, if you guys listen to uh, Ed Miliband's new podcast, he started up in the last couple oh, of months. Oh, you're joking. Reasons yeah. to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful <laughs> with him and Jeff Lloyd. And do you remember how much of a robot and not an engaging or nice person Ed Miliband seemed to be? Yeah. He is not like that at all. He is actually one of the funniest, wittiest, articulate, self-deprecating politicians <laughs> I've ever heard. He's actually funnier than some of the comedian podcasts I listen to. Yeah, <laughs> Reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Check it out. It's actually, yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah, pretty interesting. I bring it up a lot because it's just an example of, so he, he and he, he gets challenged on it by his co-host all the time. He's like, mm. why were you such of a bell end when you were actually the leader of the opposition? Yeah. And how come you weren't, how come 
you said these stupid things and he's always like, oh, I was told to say that or I followed oh. what the press office told me to do. So they turned him into a robot oh, where he no. just repeated the same one lines again and again and again from the manifesto. Mm. Whereas if he had just leaned into his own character a bit more, Absolutely. that would have went so differently. Yeah. Mm. I'm reading um, this book called Adults in the Room by Yanis Varoufakis. Yeah. Um, and he, they were talking in it, they're talking about um, insiders and outsiders and how um, insiders within politics and policy they're very much a they have the power mm. but they don't talk to the whistleblowers outside and um, as much as they might go against their inner instincts and the ethics that they hold um, there is a circle that is presented and you have to stick to the code of conduct uh, the code of conduct that being an insider entails and you get the the joy of information and then there are those outsiders who you know as much as they're for the people but they don't necessarily uh, get the information from the inside. They don't get well, the power. He's the prime example. He used to turn up to the EU meetings on his leather outfit and motorbike. <laughs> and like all the other guys would come out in their suits and their cars mm. and he'd actually rock up like and take off his motorcycle helmet in front of the pap- paparazzi. And they'd be nice. like, what are we supposed to do with this guy? In slow motion, his hair yeah. just falls well, around. Yeah. He's, he's totally bald. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> the sun shining on his bald head. <laughs> <laughs> I can't look directly at him. So beautiful. <laughs> But yeah, I think a lot of the times when you do enter politics, you may, you might start from this outside of really wanting to make changes and you go in and possibly realise that it's a, a massive infrastructure and mm. yeah. the yeah. wheel uh, that the, needs... The wheels move slowly yeah. Yeah. the machine. Yeah. I don't trust the career politicians. No. At all. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because, like, because, you know what I mean? Because like, I think in anything, you do need life experience before you choose the career you're going into yeah. like fully. So... If you've not, if if you've not experienced the world or anyone else, how are you going to try and command a country yeah. or try and dictate a country's politics? Because it's such a narrow-minded way of living. Do you see what I mean? And yeah. trying to go like I like the politicians who have worked in this in this sector or worked in that sector and then decided to go into politics yeah. later, and then they've they've thought about those kind of things. I might go into you know? politics later in rural London. Think about it. Yeah, because I'm going to separate us from the rest of the world. It does backfire though when someone like Donald Trump jumps in. Oh god, yeah, that's yeah. the only. Yeah, problem. That, that's a totally different story. That is a, that is a, <laughs> yes, um, that's a complete Brexit story. is the thing we talk about the most. Unfortunately, when we yeah. talk about UK politics, yeah. and from the diversity perspective, and then looking at it from, did you guys? How did you guys feel? during the build-up to the campaign and the campaign itself. No, Brexit was crazy. Oh, man. <laughs> I, oh, I stayed up the whole night. I was scared as hell. And the thing is, though, right, so I'm always, I'm very, I was a, a, I'm a I was a Remainer, and I think I am still a Remainer. Mm. Um, but I'm, I think I should have read absolutely more into what the EU does and how it implements its policies because I had an idea um, I had done a bit of research and overall I thought it was a good thing. Um, but the book that I'm reading now is completely like talking about the Greek recession and the EU sanctions that were imposed and how they dealt with getting them um, out of debt and just literally increasing the austerity and making sure that like, people were killing themselves because they were so poor mm. um, and the, and there was no money. And now I'm like... Oh, I'm like, oh, am I still so, for this? And the yeah. things that the leaders of the EU said, um, which this author was repeating, I'm like, oh man, like who do mm. these people actually stand for? Yeah. But then again, I think the cap- the political capital that Britain has, 
I think it means that they should stay because I don't think they're a weaker economy or yeah, a weaker yeah. party such right. as Greece and other places. So Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> we got hit by the same kind of yeah, package. Yeah, we we got, got out of it a lot better, but it was the exact you? same thing. Yeah, the yeah, EU yeah, came in and EU came in and said, You guys totally fucked up your economy. You need money, so in exchange for that, yeah. you have to slash and burn all your public services. It's Literally. very much like the IMF would do. Yeah. The, IMF the, the, the IMF and the EU, they're just it was the EU yeah. and the IMF so came the in. So I yeah. so I would I very leave. And did you? Oh. yeah, and it's only because Wow, I didn't know about this. You did. I didn't. Yes, we did. Yeah, I, did. I, I don't know how I feel about podcast. this now. <gasps> Let's do you want to swap couches? No, you didn't say anything. Yes, we did. I don't know if I can be here. I think we need to. We had the conversation and we had the argument. No, I know. Ray, you can't use this as an excuse to get out of the podcast. Okay, no. come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, but my reasoning was more, my reasoning was more having lived in Europe and kind of understood. It was kind of similar to what you said about the Greek crisis and whatnot. I mean, I'd lived in Spain and I'd seen what the way they lived and obviously they were they, like pay, Spain was really poor. Mm. Um, there's a lot of people, a lot of uh, unemployment was high. I, you think it was really, you think it's bad in the UK, what, what they say, you know, how unemployment, mm. et cetera, and the kind of rhetoric they throw out. But the kind of stuff no, that they talk about, style, yeah. yeah, the stuff that I was seeing, the stuff I was seeing in um, but Spain, you, I was you like, weren't voting what? as a Spaniard, you were voting but, as no, but no, but I was, but That's what I'm saying. I was, looking, I was looking at it from a perspective of if the EU... If, if these countries are like even France as well when I was there and it, and and then I went to reunion and I saw what the EU did there and I was mm-hmm. like if I I have experienced three different three different faces of the EU like just like by first hand and looking at it I thought to myself if they can do that to some of these countries who knows what like the way that they're kind of like, the way they can react to the UK and what that could look like do you see what I mean? Mm. I mean, the only thing that I, a lot, a lot of the things that I was seeing were just like, oh, if you're from the UK and you're in the EU, you can travel without without any um, borders or any restriction, mm. which is great. Like everybody wants to travel and stuff, but in the long term, what is the what was the EU becoming? Obviously, because obviously when the when the, everybody joined the EU back in after the war, it was you know to prevent certain things happening again. Mm-hmm. Now it's what is it? What was it becoming? It was like it was becoming this really aged system, which was really, which, which was really like inhibiting certain countries. You talk about what, it, like in Ireland when they went over, as you said, obviously Greece, Spain, like parts of France and other smaller countries. What was going to happen? So I figured, I figured, you know, Britain's got connections. Britain, obviously, as you said, it's a it's a strong enough country in itself to be able to do what it needs to do next. Let's see. What could, do, what could happen? You, do you still feel the same way? Have you been galvanized in your opinion? Or now no? I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, and then I saw, well, then obviously there's the other side of it was like the Joe Cox situation, mm-hmm. what happened with her. Um, and then also the rise of the right, mm-hmm. um, you know, Nigel Farage continuing to spout of his, mm-hmm. of his nonsense. It's one of the worst things is how much money he's and making. It's just yes, beca- it yeah, it just becomes like, I just feel like there was never any right answer. Yeah. There was never any right answer. If we had if we had remained, if we had remained. I feel like it, if we it, had it, remained, it, it would have been more stable. It, it would have been more stable, but then it probably, it probably would have just put, it probably would have just been like putting a plaster on a wound. Do you mm. see what I mean? Whereas like, when we were leaving, leaving is like ripping it off and just saying, okay, this is what it is. We need to fix it now. Kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So I don't know. We could have, you know what I mean? We could, it, 
I don't know what could have happened had, had we stayed. I Again, just hope, and this is why I kind I'm of a bit like, bitter with it. So this, I just want kind of you to middle. like impose loads of tariffs so that the country suffers. <laughs> because like then it's like, oh, well, you should have, you know. But of course not. You know, I don't want the world to suffer. London to suffer anyway. We should just close our borders. Even like London itself, like, you know, London won't. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not to like, I know a bank that is basically moving yeah. their offices to... Um, somewhere I don't Dublin maybe yeah yeah. Um, <laughs> because of Brexit and yeah. I don't know but it's, it's, what like we I, follow. it's yeah. a shift it's and a I, shift. I really thought that they wouldn't I thought the banks would generally stay but because there is so much like instability they, yeah. they don't know what's going to happen and that being like unaware puts them at such a risk yeah, yeah financial institutions yeah. do not like they do not risk. like like yeah. not knowing yeah exactly <laughs> so exactly. they're just moving to any place that is stable and I think as soon as the financial institutions start moving, that that is going to be the problem. Mm-hmm. I do think that London is a strong enough hold that it can, can like, you know, the London Stock Exchange will mm. still be the London Stock Exchange and things will still be traded. But the Irish Stock Exchange is really doing a lot. Like a lot of the deals that I'm working on, um, people are really opting for Ireland yeah. now than they are um, London. Just makes things a lot it's, easier. It's literally just opened up conversation people have to just be like well what are we doing now what are we doing now we need to do it quick because we've got like what two years we need to figure out what's yeah, next year one year, year. year. yeah so we figure out what's happening now and everyone's kind of me- moving like they can move it just shows that people can move quickly when they pressured into what's happening but what- i just don't i'm just looking at Teresa, and i'm just thinking i'm thinking Get your you're shit mess, together. One. <laughs> sort it out sort like, it you out. need to kind of just like you're out, you're, you're, out, you're out here not Wasn't answering questions she was, she was yeah, a remainer. She, she was, called her the, the reluctant remainer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. She's out here shuffling and doing... Because she didn't believe in it. Hugger. Personally, I feel like David, she just stayed. Dodgy Dave. And just, and just dealt with it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I, just, I had thought, I really didn't know why. That shows how disloyal this country is. You see the way you almost cried on the, pen, on the podium. Oh, no, but my, I really had like, what were the pressures for him to resign? Because I genuinely didn't think that this was such a bad thing for him to resign. Like, I don't know what it was. Mm. Like, when he resigned, I was like, that's so, that's so out of the blue. Well, no, I, I, I would be on the side of that he had to go. He would lead campaigned on, like if he had lost the Scotland referendum the year before, yeah. he would have had to go on that basis too. It's oh, like he I had see. campaigned for his country to go in such a totally different direction. Mm. And now the people have basically said, nope, we don't want to go a different direction. But, so he, he couldn't be in charge yeah. of that ship anymore. Yeah. Maybe How- he shouldn't have just like dropped immediately. He said, oh, I'll take my time. Yeah. yeah. Someone can sort it out at like an alternative and then we'll have a campaign. Yeah. How- off the podium. He pretty much just went like, <laughs> your problem now. How politically, so referendums are not like lawfully binding and they, they do not have here, a lot. No. Yeah. Not in England. Yeah. They do have obviously political, like um, circumstances, political Oh, yeah, there's. Issues. I know what you're trying to say. Yeah. So, like the UK system, Parliament is number one. Yeah, not the people. Not the people. So it's sovereign. But as you're saying, yeah, if the Parliament was to go, we're not going to listen to the people. That then it will be a political turmoil. Yeah, nightmare, yeah. yeah. Whereas in Ireland, people are sovereign, so a referendum really? is number one. Yeah. yeah. But the people in <laughs> England are dumb and stupid. <laughs> people in Ireland and are almost stupid too. But yeah, it's a city. Nice Everyone has their own people decisions. People are just. Too. I saw people were like, oh, you know, I didn't really think that um, 
we'd actually leave. And I just mm. voted leave for, you know, well, for Bance. The most famous anecdote is the uh, biggest search result a day after the referendum was, what is the EU? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tell that just shows you know. exactly why. Yeah. Referendum should not be a thing. I'm <laughs> such a dictator. No, that's just literally like, that just says so much about the education system, oh, yeah. about the the conversations that people are having about what is presented to young people. It's just, beggars believe, how are you going to ask what is the EU after Brexit? And then you, because the thing is, there's a huge campaign about it. Like you, anywhere, everywhere you went, you but heard about this EU. People are busy living their lives, especially like kids. But my, the only thing, the only thing to tackle that is actually embedding politics, like the foundations of politics in the curriculum. And that's what they but do in France. They actually have yeah. civic responsibility classes we don't have that what does that mean I remember sitting there talking to some of my students and they were just talking and they were like they were telling me everything about like their country how it works from the from the top down to the very bottom when they can vote when they can't vote like what 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 age were these kids they were like I remember I was tutoring one tutoring one kid he was 11 and as and obviously I tutored and I taught up until from year 9 to like year six for the sixth form. Yeah. So That's I did terrible. that in schools, but then privately I tutored and then they, he was like, you know, 10, 11 and he was telling me all of these different things. And I was like, wow. In citizenship class, I learned about the ethics of abortion. That's the only thing. And that's what you should even, and that's what you learn in RE anyway. So okay. Ridiculous. I do think that because people need to be educated mm-hmm. and if they're not, then they're going to make decisions based off of how someone looks and whether they're articulate or not. This is actually a good segue into the next topic. Mm-hmm. Um, when people are told to stop saying stupid things, they usually, about diversity, they usually throw their hands up and go, oh, it's political correctness gone mm. mad. Um, do you think there is such a thing as political correctness or do you think it's people just shouting that out when they don't like being told to stop being mean or not empathetic or just not considerate? <laughs> I think it's just typically the older generation that's just mm. not getting their way yeah, to be yeah. honest um, political correctness I think that it's a very it's a tricky one it's a tricky one because there are some things that everybody has certain opinions and everybody has certain mindsets and certain minds are closed for on particular issues and a lot of people just don't want to unlearn things yeah. do you see what I mean they just don't want to un unlearn that it's like you know right you know if somebody says if someone uses female as an as a noun yeah and you're like yeah and then like i used to do it and i used to and males as well yeah. and then obviously and then it was like it wasn't until like kind of like got beat out of not beat out of me but like you know like i had friends that come like okay stop calling stop calling women females, females. and then like and then I, then I had to sit down and think, okay, why, why not? Mm. And then obviously it's a description. Then obviously you're thinking, okay, let's have a look and think, right, well, do I call men males? And I figured, and I find it in my own language. I don't call men males. I call men men. Mm-hmm. So, and then it was, it, that's a very small example. Yeah. But it's about learning how to unlearn those yeah. things and learning how to understand. And just, if, if you look at how you're kind of approaching somebody's identity or you know, the way they live or whatnot. Mm. You need to just be sensitive to that. It's not about political correctness. Just call it what it is and just be respectful. Yeah. I think. Comes in, I mean? Yeah. More, more like, you know, decent human interactions yeah. more so than a 
Yeah, like... Let's correct this. I don't know. Like, I was actually just looking up something because I, I remember reading something about it the other day about uh, this um, guy called the, uh, Stephen Berkhoff, um, theatre dude. And he says he was like, oh, you know, the role of Othello, it's absolutely horrible that it's not going to white actors. It's political correctness gone absolutely <laughs> Terrible. That's and just mad. stupid because it's a black it's a black He's, character. Right. So. Yeah, it's like so it's the it's the specific thing about the play, isn't it? Yes. Exactly. Um and that to me just highlighted everything mm. in terms of It's dumb. Right? Like there's actually no word for it, but just dumb. Like there are things that it's not about trying to appease people and trying to make sure that they feel included. Um, and oh god, we're going out of our way to include these different people. Um, it should be that they are just included. Just because, be a decent person, right? Because that's where they should be. And inclusion isn't about doing somebody a favor. And a lot of the times, um, when there are all of these schemes implemented to get more diverse people inside, it's almost like they're doing you a favor. So when you ask for more, not even more, if you just ask for anything that should be yours. It's almost like, oh, we don't want to go above and beyond. And if we say no, we're going to be politically correct. You know, oh, so if we like adhere to your demand, it's us being politically correct when really we don't want to do it. And I think that's the the turning point that 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 that's the thing that you need to question. Why do you feel that you're doing me a favor? Because this is just how it should be. I think there is this there's this normal that people are used to and once you put other people inside and you make a space more diverse it becomes abnormal and that abnormality makes people very uncomfortable yeah. um there's i was reading a book it's, a, it's not a political book it's a, it's a novel i was reading yeah. last night but a line that i actually highlighted on my kindle was um nothing is less comfortable than an unfamiliar truth yeah like it's, it's a truth yeah. and you, you kind of know it to be a truth but yeah. it's unfamiliar so you're and just, it's just disc- and you just yeah. stay away from it so i think that discomfort needs to be addressed. And once that is addressed, then you'll just know that this, you're, you're being I, stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You literally just need to just kind of delete the older generation and kind of like, <laughs> yeah. they're just ready to... I'm, I'm, they're I'm, ready you, to you, go. You know, just waiting for like the baby boomers to kind of just feel <laughs> yeah. and away. And then like... But the baby boomers had babies. can come up. Yeah. No, <laughs> but the baby boomers... Well. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> I feel like there is a lot, there is a lot of... Um, what is it? They call us the snowflake generation because we're offended by everything. And that's, and that's, and that's <laughs> just, I take offense with that. There was this comedy sketch. No, I watched uh, that. Yeah, there was yeah. a comedy sketch and I forgot what, it was on BBC Two, I think. I think I forgot what the show was, but she did this whole routine and she was like, you know, she's just taking the mick out of what, the generation calling us snowflakes. Because mm. we actually care about And actually change. care about saying things. Like she would say, oh, they call us snowflakes for this, mm. but this is this is just you being a, a decent human being. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like they call us snowflakes because we and we realise that working 40 plus hours a week is a scam. Yeah. Mm. It, doesn't, it, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense no. to do so. Or the fact that you have to be in an office yeah, yeah. like Ooh. for 40 hours a week. Can you just like stop sending for my life? No, 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 no. I mean, we are in a, we are in a world, especially like, for example, even journalists, for example, like we are in a world where there are, where everybody has a, everybody can have access to a laptop. Everybody has access to the internet exactly. and a telephone. Nobody needs to be in an office. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about it, yeah. nobody needs to be in an office. Yeah. If you're a journalist, so you can you can file 
and write your copy elsewhere. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, I don't know, like unless you actually have to physically be there for your job for able for you to be able to do your job, mm-hmm. then of course, then you need to be in that role. But nobody needs to be in an office like forty hours a week. Nobody mm-hmm. needs to like like lose their life to these kind of like aging institutions just mm-hmm. because. Yeah, just because it's the way it's always been done. Yeah, exactly. And, it's, and that's what I mean. And then they call you snowflake because yeah. you can't. And then, but we, you know what I mean? Like we understand when we experience burnout. Yeah. We yeah. know. We're just more we, self aware. Yeah, we're more self aware. But like, you know, we don't want to run ourselves into the ground. We mm-hmm. want to actually enjoy our lives yeah. and is, earn yeah. at the same time. I don't, a, it, it, it can be done. Yeah. There is a cultural revolution, I think, taking place right now where uh, the minds of the young. Um, are kind of changing in the way in which we live our lives. Um, I think before there was this respect for certain roles. There was a respect for tradition. And I think what we are able to do is look at traditions and pick it and look at the good things that they give us. But at the same time, um, be able to criticize it and make up our own ways of living that suits us all individually. And I think we are all trying to make sure that those changes are embedded in the policies. Mm-hmm. But if the policies are so archaic, they are catering to pensioners and people who are going to die in 20, 30 years time. <laughs> yeah. And how how is the world going, pe- going to be left once they're gone? And then there's us who has to deal with the repercussions of global warming or animals going extinct. And yeah, it all filters down, if we continue talking about politics, it all filters down to the way that the media does, like everybody that's in control of the media are old. <laughs> we men. need to stop being so ageist. <laughs> no, no, no. no like, when I say old, I mean like, you know, old mindsets. Mind, yeah. Old mindsets mind, yeah. And, you know, what they're used to. Oh, journalism is going this way or such and such. You know what I mean? Or such and such is changing. They need to change. Like, they, they need to change. That mindset needs to change. You need to just become younger and then in order for diverse. And, and then, you, then you'll, then you'll see where diversity comes in and then that would kind of Make it, mm-hmm. make it, make it much of a difference. Yeah, diversity now is a, uh, it's a, it's a boardroom topic. Yeah. It's a, something that can be monetized. It's all <laughs> let's bring these people in because they will give us the urban market. <laughs> and do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, let's do them a favor and make sure we do our corporate responsibility. Mm. Um, but it, it needs to be more than that. It needs to be something that is the foundation of anything. Do you think um, the freedom of speech argument? You think it's which unfortunately isn't just made by old people. Yeah, <laughs> um, legitimate, or do you think it, it can be used as a thinly veiled cover for bigotry? Ah, oh, freedom of speech. Um, I'm loving all the sighs we're getting. Yeah. <laughs> so good. No, because I'm I'm really um, freedom of speech. Really like discombobulates me because mm. on one hand, I really, really, really am in support of being able to say exactly what you think yeah. and being able to voice that from the rooftops and then and, and providing a platform for you to be heard. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what do you do to a uh, speech that incites hatred? Yeah. You know, ha- you cannot say, let's stop that um, because, you know, where your freedom begins is where someone's freedom ends, right? So mm-hmm. if, if you're telling somebody you know, I want to be free. I'm free and I shouldn't be able to hear all these terrible things said about me, my culture, my faith, my religion, whatever it is. Um, but at this, then you're saying to that person to not say that, then you're hindering a freedom of theirs. Um, as horrible as it may be. And I don't think that's right. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we spoke earlier about previous generations and their mindsets and how damaging they can be. Um, have you seen the recent story that came out about Nat Geo going back over their 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 archives and yeah. kind of addressing yeah, the, yeah. the guy historian to come in and kind of like do an audit of their representation of race mm-hmm. um, over the course of their their, their run? How long have they been going for? Like they decades and decades. Like the, they went back to the yeah. Victorian. Yeah. 1880s or something like that. Yeah. Um, so they have a new have a new editor-in-chief and she's the first woman, she's the first Jewish person mm. and so she's taking this opportunity to go back and kind of like let's kind of do a purge, let's go back and acknowledge all the missteps that we had. Yeah. Um, See? Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually pretty interesting. That's like, what it takes. The stuff like the, the, they, um, they noticed that they weren't representing black people in America at all or, if, or when they did they were representing them in like labour positions or mm. in, 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 in positions of service and when they would they pretty much ignored the civil rights movement yeah exactly and like you I don't think you could even get uh, you could become an, uh, a Nat Geo subscriber if you were black That's up until like the 50s or something insane. like you literally just couldn't get a subscription um, which but is how do they even police that like if someone writes in <laughs> my name's John Smith how are you supposed to know I, I don't know I wasn't around where are you from I think it's like Black African. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Dick. it's like, um, cause I was saying this because I had this conversation with my dad and he was talking about it and I was pretty blunt with it. Mm. I was pretty much like, well, that makes sense. Mm. I mean, it was the 1800s and between eight, like, you know, and then he was going through, he was like, oh, you know, 1901, 1906, 1931, 19... I was like, it makes, it's like, there's nothing else that you can really I don't think it, it makes sense. Yeah, it's like, just what it was. No, I mean, like, yeah. like it makes sense that they that they were racist and their their worldview was very warped, warped, and you know, like white centric, and that's what it was. Now, it's just good that we're having this conversation. Like, at least they're saying that, like in two thousand and eighteen, that this can change. And then the first step is to have a woman as the editor. Mm. I'm so know? unforgiving, though. Mm. Like, I mean, like, so this is the thing. Like, is this uh, is this purge just kind of audit like a healthy process to like n- now look forward after doing this? And is this something other media outlets should do, or is it? Yeah, no, it's just I, I think it's a good move. Mm. It's not a good move. It's a move that should have been done. So it's a move. They're just, it's a move. Like yeah. they're, they're doing it. Yeah. Um, but like I don't think that they should be applauded for it. Yeah, it's like what happened with Vogue um, when Edward Enninful became the editor. Yeah, and you know, with every new editor, they come in and they rehash the team. Like mm. it's just any anybody that's in anybody that's in charge at the time. Mm. They come in and they reshuffle what's happening. Um, and if they've seen that they, that it was going in a particular direction, and there was they were and they want to make a change or make a difference in the next editions, but still maintain the same what's the word? Not content, but same kind of like tone, yeah, editorial style, like, you know, yeah. style. They um they have to make that change and yeah so I definitely think it's important that that needs to happen across the media mm. most definitely because like I can how, think how of long a good few g- publications that should do that yeah so how long are we gonna go like through life and just think oh this paper's trash because such and such such and such such and mm-hmm. such but all right so they need to change that perspective mm-hmm. some of them just don't want to yeah. And the people in charge are... are holding on to the reins very tightly. Yeah. If yeah. the Daily Mail did it tomorrow, would you start buying the Daily Mail the next day? Oh no, because that would that would take that would take years <laughs> just for them to publish their retractions. Yeah, for the, for all of their retractions. <laughs> the thing about the thing like 
working in the media and reading across the board, because obviously when you train, you have to read across every paper. That's mm-hmm. why most journalists don't have a paper affiliation. Mm-hmm. They just read everything. And I was looking at it and I was like, well, the, the, the writing is accurate. Everything's accurate. Like there's no falsification in that because obviously there's a code you have to follow and the, the top code is accuracy. So as long as the points are correct, the style mm-hmm. and the tone Kind of like that's up to your interpretation as the reader. Do you yeah. see what I mean? And that's kind of how they go about it, and that's how they go across the across the whole across the whole thing. You're gonna have several papers that are polar opposites, but have the same similar views. You know, you mm-hmm. you'd have the Daily Mail and the Guardian, mm-hmm. for example. One is like very staunch in its like and very direct in its uh, opinions, and the other one is like it's very moral elitist, as they tend to call it you know like like calling I don't know so it's just a, it's really just trying to figure out trying to find that balance but it is about what the people what the people want if they you know and it's all about what makes money at the end of the day too This is an interesting so, one that I want to bring up um, both of you guys grew up in London so you probably call yourselves English I guess London no. oh <laughs> British. British. We should, we, should, we still we had this discussion at our oh, no, live, show. live show. We were talking about how ethnic identity and how, how minorities. Well, this is what I wanted to bring in. Yeah. 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 So, is the English flag St George's Cross? Would that be? It's frightening. Neg- it's a negative symbol. Absolutely. It's scary to me. If I, I if can, I see that, I'm like shit. I can't walk down the street. Yeah. And see it. I was <laughs> like, whoa. I, can be, I could barely. I could. I could. That's I could really understand, interesting. I, I can't understand the British flag. If I walk down the street, yeah, the British yeah, flag. British flag. I'm like, cool. Okay, cool. As an Irish person, I have the opposite reaction. Really, the, Union Jack the is British flag you. scares me, and I like the I like the St George's Cross. Uh, but again, that's because it's totally different connotations from yeah. my situation. Yeah. Like, I can't. The British flag to me is okay. If yeah, see, they might be a bit down, proud. If you walk down the street and you see, if it's and, and, and if it's not the World Cup, yeah. Obviously, but if you walk and if you walk down the street on a regular day, and then the majority of those streets have the, I'm out. Have the <laughs> English Saint flag, St George's Cross, up, up. I'm like, it's time to go. <laughs> Let me just I'll call my Uber. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, I don't want to be in the sunken place. <laughs> because it's just like, you know, it's just yeah, it's just it's just negative. Scary. It's just negative and it is scary. Um, Which is terrible. Mm. Yeah, I find it find it really interesting because obviously the book that we were discussing on our live show it just it did say, um, Afua is British. British, and um, it did say you know like from ethnic if you're an ethnic minority. Outside of England, you are, you will happily say you are Black Welsh, Black Irish, Black Scottish, mm. but a Black person in England will never say they're Black English, Black British. It would always be Black, black British. British, yeah. So that's and then it's just like that's the kind of I think the, the the British side of it acknowledges the minorities, acknowledges the immigrants, acknowledges the Commonwealth, the common yeah. Mm. Yeah, um, it does though. Yeah, it does. Um, whereas English is just like there's a block, like you're not an English person because you know that if you were to go to parts of England, they'd look at you like, "Who are you?" If I was to go to Devon mm-hmm. today and just walk down at a typical place in say Yeovil and just it would it would be awkward. Yeah, you'd be yeah, the, you wouldn't uh, feel like you belonged. No, I wouldn't feel like you belonged. Your skin would be on fire because you're just so aware. <laughs> I would in terms of like Ray. no, as in I, there are there are many times when like for example when I started university I went to the university in London, but my I studied English and it was such a it was a very white course, 
um, there wasn't a lot of ethnic minorities. I came from a school where the white people were ethnic minorities <laughs> because it was so diverse. Mm. Um, and so when I, when I sat in that class, like there was a class that I sat and I was the only black person and you're just aware mm. that you're just like, well, this is the first time I'm feeling this way. And I, I can't imagine going into a town. I didn't feel that way until I went, way. I didn't feel that way until I went to France. What, your uni was? No, no, no. Diverse. I mean, uni was diverse, but then it was like, I mean, obviously we were the few, we were very few black people mm. on, a, on, a, yeah. on a language yeah, course. My uni was <laughs> but going to, going to the country, it was like, oh my God, like you've- yeah, So you're playing you've, Spot the Black Person? I don't know if you guys know that game. <laughs> no. It's a game that black people play, uh, play. Oh, okay. That's much better connotations than my first thought that what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I do this when I go to like the Midlands, and the thing is, I go to like Coventry where there's quite a few. From the Midlands, it's quite it is diverse up there. Mm, anyway, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to play that game in the town that I'm from in Ireland because there's like none. none. There was like, one one dude. Um, he was adopted. His name's Kevin Sharkey. Entirely raised in Donegal, so he has an Irish uh, like a Donegal accent, which yeah. is very particular. Mm. You know the TV show Father Ted? Yeah. Oh, that's him. Yeah. Apart from him, I don't think there would be anybody in. That's wow. Well. Yeah. But how would the people like? I can understand. How would the people take to, say, a, like a, a black family moving in? Would it be like, well, personally, because they just um, don't see I them, would, right? I would hope, yeah, it would be like a novelty, but not they wouldn't be treated badly. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it, I don't think it was like a, oh, there goes a neighborhood type thing. Yeah, it, but I, I do think they would ask awkward questions, mm. or you know what I mean. Like they wouldn't. Maybe their intentions would be good, but their their just perspective is lacking, and so they're yeah. I, Context around how they framed their interactions yeah. might be a little bit, and obviously it wouldn't be nice if you're one of the people moving in to be treated as a novelty. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I find it really strange. My granddad, um, coming from the Caribbean, and he, like, he basically prided prided himself on um, the fact that he worked on the on the M1, and how it, like without him it would never have finished <laughs> you know, my things. road my yeah. road but, uh, yeah. when it opened and he drove through it like and it was just great um, obviously he had loads of like Irish friends that worked with him on that and then when he came to his funeral the whole the church was predominantly Irish like, and it was, and it was, oh, it was nice. hilarious Lovely. and I think that there was like, there was always that kind of like connection with like the Caribbean and the Irish it was always that especially coming to England and or yeah. like in the urban cities at those that that time mm. in the sixties, there was always that kind of like, well, you know, that kind of familiarity. They all went and to the it, same neighborhoods. Like there was a big um, Irish population in Caribbean in Brixton. Yeah, they, and they they were on yeah the, yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot, well, a lot of cross pollination uh, there. That is one of the things I think that's most interesting about the Irish experience when you come to talking about race because um, we we were a nation of immigrants for a hundred years and when we went to different places we came in massive waves and the negative reaction was against the Irish people mm. like in the United States they had the culture of like mm. no no dogs no Irish and then like equally in England you came over here you were just like we've been used to be treating as the colonial like we, we used to be drawn as um, Simeon Simeon mm. in like the Punch magazine and stuff like that mm-hmm. and even now they have expressions I lived in Scotland for a year and loads of times older people kept on going oh and then this stupid thing happened that it was so Irish and I just like widened my eyes <laughs> yeah. and look at them and they'd be like oh no I don't mean negatively yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Paddy, Paddy Irishman jokes Paddy Irishman jokes yeah. thing like stupid Paddy is like mm. a is a is a comedic ster- uh, stereotype or a trope within yeah. jokes yeah. like but the Paddy character it's the one thing that annoys me then now Ireland is receiving people from different cultures who are coming to Ireland to try and make a better life for themselves. And whenever I hear someone say negative things, I'm just like, you're from a family that has got five immigrants. Like, why are you 
saying that these yeah. people came here and make a better life when all of your brothers and sisters made the same choice. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, it's different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's not. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I just always found that, found that bizarre. Mm. You know? So It's a paradox. Yeah. 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 You can't wrap your mind around a paradox. You, know? <laughs> you can't. Do you guys, I wanted to ask a question about Barack Obama because being mad into American politics and him being like the last good famous politician we've had for a while. I mean, good is subjective. Well, good is subjective. Yeah, He's granted, there's a lot of, a lot of lefties who would jump back and still president. I mean, I, I, obviously, I, I think he's very important. Mm. He did do some shady shit that no one talks about because he's you're talking like the drone Obama, programs and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But overall, he's like my problematic fave. Yeah. yeah. He's problematic, but I still love him. He, he had best, to do yeah. what he had to do to make the change yet. No, make. that's no excuse. If we he say that for we can say that to every politician. To no. To make the change. <laughs> <laughs> <had> to make. No. <laughs> no. You're no, even um, saying it like he does. <laughs> no, um, he, like. What was the question about Barack Obama? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't actually, I didn't Sorry, get to a question. Is this Obama question mark? <laughs> also, when I was doing it, I listened to your last episodes. Um, I can't remember the name of the lady you interviewed from the Black Lives Matter campaign. Mm-hmm. Oh. Patrice, Patrice, yeah, she, she was really cool. She was yeah. really intelligent. Mm-hmm. But she also mentioned that like race relations in America haven't been as bad as after Barack Obama became president. And obviously there's probably correlations between that. But then her reaction was, is that some white people were like, well, we gave you a black president. Can what more imagine? do you want? Yeah. Right now, yeah, exactly. It's, it's that, it's that we're doing, we did you a favor. Yeah. Be grateful. Like it ushered in a post-racial society because yeah. now oh. there's a black president. So what? That's yeah. the ultimate. So oh. then the next reaction is the worst opposite of that. Yeah. Right. right? Um, but then that just shows you how fearful people were. There was this thing about Barack Obama, um, him becoming president relaxed a lot of black people in the oh, States. Okay. Yeah. From what I remember, I, I think it was a blog piece I was reading. I don't know if it was um, Hilton Oz or someone, but it was somebody. I can't remember the name. I'll find it. But um, they basically were saying that, you know, Barack Obama becoming president relaxed a lot of black people to the point where, you know, if he hadn't become president, Black Lives Matter would never have come to the fore for the simple fact that, you know, you would have, there was this, and there was this kind of like hidden fear there already like Trayvon Martin probably wouldn't probably would never have walked into walked around in the way that he was written there's this confidence that black people had and to and then to be put into the in the face of you know white America so explicitly especially whether it be through you know through the police and through all these things um that probably never would have happened according to this article um had had Barack Obama not been president and I just find that really interesting just because it made me think like where people just becoming more and more, more confident. And because they because of this, it, it, it kind of raised the fear of white America. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. they felt like, obviously this is, this is a country based on like over 500 years of oppression and ingrained in their culture to feel, to feel that fear. Oh, like, oh my gosh, the, the blacks are rising. Yeah. Like, or they feel confident and this, that, and the other. We need to kind of like show them their place kind of thing, or we need to be on high alert. Or they probably stayed on that same level of high alert, but black people let their guard down. Okay. And then we see all these deaths happening. I don't know. It was just a, it was a really weird, um, a strange concept to see. I'm not really asking a question. I'm just kind of like putting it. No, you're right. It's interesting. It out there. Yeah. But it's just an interesting thing to see because I'm just like, what would, have, what would it look like if Barack Obama had not been the president? And if it was just another, if it's just another white president, mm. probably with the same characteristics of, as Bill, Bill Clinton or whatever, would it have been? Would would Black Lives Matter have come to the fore? 
Probably. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. No idea. But I remember where I was when I when I when I found out that he won. Oh yeah? Where were you? It's in my um it's in my uncle's house. I stayed up. And we were just like, oh my God, like it's a black president. I didn't realise the like how significant that moment was. Yeah. Until like a few months after it happened. I was like, oh my God, like and then obviously the first black president, the first black family to sit in the White House yeah. built by slaves. Yeah. yeah. It was just the it's irony. Of the white house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like literally, it yeah. was just the irony of it. And do you do you have any faith that there'd be a similar moment that would happen in the UK with no. like a uh, no or a PM? We had we had the there was that documentary, wasn't there? Will there ever be a black prime minister on BBC? I no. Just not that I'm trying to I'm being pessimistic not in, not in our generation but more wow. so like I think that race relations in America are very explicit they're very in your face um, whereas I think here it's um, it's really, really I feel like it's ingrained yeah ingrained in the infrastructure so much but it's also it hasn't come out yet it's in the cupboard mm. it's it's under the rugs it, let's not talk about it because in we don't want to be uncomfortable yeah. it's um in the, the the fabric of this country. right it's so ingrained whereas america it's like i'm a racist pig and i'm gonna just tell you yeah, it's, um, it's, it's literally on a bumper sticker on my car yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. right whereas here it's in the it's in the way that the 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 headings of of, of newspapers are, are phrased it's in the way that you know david campbell will, will tell david. muslim women david 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 who campbell Cameron. Cameron. <laughs> Abigail, like, who is this person? Oh, I miss him. He should come back. Whoa. I mean, he's much better than... I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think I prefer David, Dodgy Dave, to Kitten Hill. <laughs> yeah, but Theresa May was Teresa. always problematic, even when she was Home Secretary. Mm. Theresa's just but, mad. You know, as a black... To, look for, to find, to see if there's ever going to be a black prime so. minister, I'm really unsure mm. as to how that would look. Um, what about even a non-white? What do you believe in a non-white prime minister? Just like what an Asian? Asian. Or... I mean, so, so look at the uh, things that um, what's his name? Pretty Patel. Oh. Uh, um, our mayor is getting Sandeep. Sandeep right. Khan. Yeah. They used to. I think they liked him for a bit. And then I think now they're oh, his policies are trash though. Butchering him. <laughs> Have you not seen what he's been? Anyway. Anyway. I don't London, think so. Yeah. And there is this thing where like you have to be. So Sadiq Khan went to. I think he went to Pakistan. And they were like, oh, how's it feel like being home? And there was this active, like, oh, shit, I have to not, I have to tell them I'm British. He goes, home is South London, <laughs> mate, or something. Mm-hmm. Oh. But then he wasn't, he's not even from Pakistan. Where's he from? That was the point, though. I think the point of that, that clip was that he was like, I know, but. Like, oh, I'm not, but I'm in London, but I'm, I'm, and I'm also, I anyway. Know, but I think there is this, like, he couldn't even say, like, he couldn't even at least align a bit of himself because he's not ethnically from here. That is very true. His um, father or grandparent came from somewhere else, but he couldn't acknowledge that because he had, I felt like he had to, I think it was forced. It was very much like, I have to tell these people that I'm from South London Mm. because I can't purport to be anything else other than British. There's no room for both. Exactly. Mm. There is no room for both. And that for me was just sad. Yeah. I suppose that's a different thing to the United States as well, because even when someone calls themselves a white American, they still have like some other white ethnic background as well. Whereas here you have to be, British. You have to be British and you have to be so proud of that mm-hmm. um, and grateful, uh, which I think is just bizarre. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, a, non, a non-white prime minister. We could get another woman prime they, minister. They I mean, to, we do. Yeah. 
<laughs> I just remember the Iron Lady. Good heavens, she took away milk from schools. And Teresa took away free meals. So <laughs> I mean, they just don't want to feed us. It's only food. Like, no, yeah, like. Education. Education is your sustenance. You know? <laughs> no. Read the books. <laughs> you know? But it's just one of the A non-white prime minister, I think, would be... It, it, they would have to... Because I've seen, I've seen the non, non-white cabinet members. I've seen it they, the way they act. Treat. They're like Preeti Patel and um, I forgot what the business secretary is, etc. God, we and even like Chukumuna and all these guys. It's just like they have to kind of... Um, play a part, play a role. They have to unsheathe themselves of their otherness of their otherness <laughs> mm-hmm. do you know what I mean in order for them to kind of like yeah like you will see thing people like okay so there's a difference between Diane Abbott and Dawn Butler both in the same party both um, strong black women <laughs> one very 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 caught up in her culture as in like I will go to Halston and I will see Dawn Butler in the Trinity, in the Trinity Rotary shop, mm-hmm. we'd be there talking, and she will talk, and we would there be chatting mm-hmm. and whatnot. Dawn Butler, no, Diana, I just feel like she has she has had to obviously the way the media's played a lot a huge part in this, but of late she's had to kind of like shift her identity a lot mm-hmm. to kind of like put her in the put her in this position where she is acceptable accepted like, like rebranded herself. rebranded you know what yeah. I mean there was Dawn Butler she wears locks and she yeah. kind of like you know she went to parliament and she had like traditional Jamaican like dress on and whatnot and she kind of made certain things a point I mean the younger Diane Abbott was doing all of that and like it was like in the early days of getting into politics as a black as a black woman as a black people etc but now it's just like you, they, they get to a level where they just have to kind of like when they get she's in the shadow cabinet she has to put all that aside mm-hmm. and be this and be this kind of shadow of herself mm-hmm. and be That's it there. And, and she can't, she can't let that change. Yeah, she cannot let that change. Yeah. cannot let that change or else the media will go off. And if you get a, a black prime minister whoever to do that, they won't be themselves. I feel like they'll just be so fake and people will be yeah. able to tell. Yeah. And, and also it just won't happen because won't of happen. the... Um, yeah, because of um, like education wise, what happens, happens through school, <laughs> class, yeah, all these the whole things. infrastructure. Oh, yeah. infrastructure yeah. is just there. We had the, the documentary was really good. Um, David Harewood did it a few years back, and he was just like, you know, systematically, the amount of people that go that go on to become prime minister in this country have had, um, you know, they would going backwards be the career in politics. It'll be Oxford. It'll be Eton or private, edu- privately educated, hedge, like nepotism. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they will sit, they will sit down, and have conversations with their dad's friends who they have, they go and play golf with and talk about politics. And then they're like, oh, exactly. I want to get into this. And they're like, okay, when you go to uni, you can come and work for me. You know, all these different things that we just like, you know, ethnic minorities just don't ha. tend to have that kind of bond yeah. in certain places. Whereas I think America, there is a hot, there, there are more middle middle near upper black ethnic just black yeah, ethnic yeah. America's ethnic. different because of the American dream yeah um, but that's it everybody, because every, everyone every, can strive everybody, to can, everybody can get there mm, the other, no 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 that's what I'm saying everybody can get there but the starting points are just all tethered yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you can get there look at Barack Obama yeah, well, yeah. whereas I mean, like, Donald and, Trump uh, started this far away from the finish line Barack Obama was away yeah. 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 Well, he made that race and yeah. somebody else is like even further back but in the stands I guess there's a race to be run whereas here it's you're not allowed on the track. Yeah. yeah. It's not, you're not in the stadium. You're, yeah. <laughs> you're at home watching this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll finish it up 
by asking you, hopefully on a positive note, I don't know, I, I, your opinions about politicians may have done it, but I want to, we've started talking to professional politicians um, all of a sudden for a year we hadn't. Yeah. I thought it was because I didn't think we should. It turns out that Richie was actually... Well, it, was just, it was the fact that like th- this whole podcast was me um, taking it upon myself to enlighten myself about politics. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just didn't know enough and so it became this whole project. Yeah. Um, because I found always found politics so huge and terrifying yeah. and so complex. Like, where do you even start? And politicians felt like the human embodiment of that. <laughs> and so it, be, it became like, like, I didn't know if we'd ever would get to a point where we were talking to politicians because of that fact. But then now it became like, no, we, we realize it, it's essential to yeah. have this course with, the, with people who are basically in the system and are the system. Mm. Who are your favorite politician? Who's your favorite politician working at the moment? It doesn't have to be the UK, the US, it can be anywhere. They just have to be alive and in office. I don't, I don't have one now. Which is really bad. Yeah. It's also indicative though. Like it's also speaks volumes. Yeah. I, I, I don't butler. From, what, from, what, from what I remember. Cause I'm like, cause I've been to. Where is she the uh, MP for? Uh, um, Brent Central. And Labour obviously. Labour. Yeah. yeah. Like I've been to like events where she's spoken. I've seen her in person. Like she's always acknowledged me. She probably doesn't even know my name, who I am, but we've mm. always, like, we've had conversations and you know what I mean? And I feel like she's just really, ingrained in and like infused in her community and I feel like she's really hoping and pushing for it to be a better a better borough mm-hmm. um, Is she on Twitter? Can people look her up and follow her and stuff? I think so I don't really follow her Yeah we'll try and find her I don't think I have one That's fine, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Before we actually finish up I wanted to talk a little bit about um, and it's in keeping with what you guys do on your podcast yeah. and that kind of thing but basically I'm asking for a personal favour here and there's recommendations for a more, I basically did an audit of my media consumption okay. and how diverse it is, like the perspectives and voices uh-huh. that I'm listening to. And I was kind of disappointed with how homogenous it was. Mm-hmm. And so I've started, I've taken it upon myself, like I've, you guys were talking about Children of Blood and Bone, which sounds oh. like a really, a book that I would really get into. Yeah, so I've already, I've got that. Okay. And that's next on my reading list. Um, I reached out to a friend of mine. He got back to me with some cool um, directors, Lena Khan, who's got a new movie out called, was it The Tiger Hunter? With Danny Pudi. Oh. It's like she's a Muslim filmmaker and she's apparently going to be huge. Okay. Tell so me you've watched Black Panther, right? I've watched Black Panther. Okay, yeah. I don't want to go back over like, Ryan Coogler's really stuff. Like, I was, yeah. yeah, that was but great. You guys had like a really in-depth debate about it, did you? About the yeah. politics of it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Wakanda forever. Sorry, that's that's to be said. Wakanda forever. But basically, I'm trying to just like diversify like my media diet in terms of perspectives. And like, do you guys have stuff that's like essential reading? Essential reading. Yeah. Or watching. Or or just consuming. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like. Every person should watch Black Blackish. Black, oh yeah, it's on Netflix, isn't it? Not in the not in the UK, Netflix. Oh, isn't it? Yeah, okay. I think it's it's Americanish, but I think it's good to be able to understand certain things, mm-hmm. but in a comedic way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think it's a really good show. Uh, what else? Books, maybe. Guess get how? out. I've seen Get Out. Love Get Out. Yep. Yeah, get Out doesn't it doesn't really go that deep, right? I yes, mean, it does. Do you think it goes deep enough for what you like? It's very. It's explicit without being explicit. Yeah. Like, it, it was that movie that made me uncomfortable writing down the Barack Obama question because the guy kept on going, I could have voted for Obama a third time if I could. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a film that made me very, very anxious on the tube on the way back home from watching that film. <laughs> because I was like, why are you looking at me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that doubts me that you want. But, um, 
You want my brainstem? <laughs> um, I don't know. As in regards you, to, I think maybe just read British as well. British is good. A as in from, for a British perspective, yeah. Um, on race and why I'm no longer talking to white people about why race. Why I'm no longer talking mm. to white people about race. Um, Renee's books really good. Um, we've got yeah, we've got some books on specific subcultures within London. I know there's whole tight. Is that by, the grand thing? Yeah, there's a whole tight. And there's another one by Dan Hancock. I forgot what the title of it is, but it's by Dan Hancock. And it, it will be coming out soon. Mm-hmm. And those books are, those books are good to like articulate, like they, artic- they do articulate particular class and particular cultural movements mm-hmm. um, of a generation. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned before in the podcast about Black Lightning. Did you ever start watching that? So I, I start, I've watched like the first two episodes of it. Is that good? I just I'm not I'm, I think it's like I, like I'm not a huge superhero no. yeah. guy do you know what I mean yeah. I'm like it looks really superhero-ish it is that's yeah. so that's superhero yeah. but I, I like, what's I really I mean what's really good about it is just that they're just a black it is a black there's a black lead cast yeah, and yeah, they yeah, are yeah. just so doing real, yeah. their thing like you know people would watch it if it was a white cast right. you know what I'm saying and they, like what was it they read um, Iron, they watched Iron Fist Oh my I, God, I, I hated just, just corny. It. I, it was terrible. I gave up after 10 minutes yeah, it was terrible I, I, I kept on until the 10th episode yeah I finished it did you yeah it hurt me because I'm a big Marvel fan and Same. I love the Netflix the Netflix stuff from particular like Jessica Jones and yeah. see oh, I haven't like, finished Jessica Jones I, I love Luke Cage that was my favourite of those Luke really Cage. I didn't like Luke Cage I, I watched until three episodes and I was like this is see, I, oh really because yeah. I actually I loved the first few episodes because it had the, the bad guy who was the gangster that owned the club like, oh, yeah. he was just so um, good oh, what's and his name? actor he's so good he won the Oscar for Moonlight yeah Moonlight oh, that's that's my I love him yeah, but then they great. knocked him out and they replaced him with like the, the big bad guy they, they, re- re- they knocked him out okay well now I'm definitely not going <laughs> to yeah. yeah yeah. That, yeah. it kind of dipped after he uh, Mahershala Ali Mahershala Ali that's yeah. his name um, he's so handsome I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I watched um, Luke Cage mm. the thing is like I'm, obviously I'm very particular with the kind of Things over the things I watch. There's only so much time. So, yeah, so I'd, yeah. Sit, so I'd sit there and be like, okay, let me watch Luke Cage to see if I can get into this. I feel like there is this kind of societal pressure to kind of do get into Marvel yeah. at this moment in time. So I was trying to watch it to be like, okay, let me see if I can do this. And I'll watch it. pressure I'll to watch get into Marvel. Oh, no, 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 I just didn't realise what you just said. Like, <laughs> no, it's just pressure to get into Marvel mm-hmm. of late. And that has been for a while, obviously leading up to the whole M- the whole MCU. and yeah. Infinity Dinos War. You need to walk, consume War. every piece of content All feeding into it. this Yeah, stuff. I mean. Now, I've watched, the, I've watched them. But I didn't watch them to the level of which, say, Ray and Derek like, and several people mm. have watched it to talk about and discuss. Mm. So, like, there are just things I'm picking up as I go along. I'm like, oh, okay, so that makes sense for this and <laughs> yeah, that makes sense yeah. for that. Like, you know, but that's the reason why I watched Luke Cage to see if I could try and get into it. Yeah. And I watched the series and I was like, no, this is just... Yeah, just okay. the Netflix series don't really do it for me. But um, there is, what's great is like, oh, what's that um series where it's... Agent, um, Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield. Yeah, yeah, I watch Agents of Shield. So yeah. I quite like that one yeah. because it. What's great is that it, when the Avengers or anything comes out, it feeds into it. Yeah. So you watch, you go and you They've, watch the filming, and you come back and watch the episode, and they'll. It was and better at season one. There would be yeah. like 
Thor the Dark World would happen and London got trashed yeah. and then the next week in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. they were in London cleaning it up yeah. and they would find a yeah. thing and then go on an yeah. adventure yeah. so like the TV show thing. about the, the, the Marvel Universe like garbage cleaners no or? there is no. actually there, there is a comic book called Damage Control that is basically that <laughs> that's great <laughs> I love that one yeah that's pretty it's just them it's like the Avengers have a big battle in New York and then yeah. they go oh, we have to go and like sweep it up Iron Man destroy the Empire State Building again again yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited for Infinity War. Like, book, I booked my tickets last night. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! It was no. so hard. Dude, all for, we got IMAX, and it was they oh, were no. all gone. Like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You're joking. Sunday, like there was all, all the seats were in the very front row. Like you, you got to get on it if you want it. Second I don't, but I want the nice because I went to see Black Panther IMAX. Mm. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. You got to get center, otherwise you're just like yeah, you're just your, yeah, craning your head and. Oh man, they're gone already. They're, it's just, you can get like if you go to the very early morning on Saturday, you might find one or two. But I knew yeah, you I started off talking about books and like you were looking recording. to get. This is what I was hoping for. Yeah. <laughs> you were you wanted the you were like oh like the literary thing, but what you really wanted to know was what cool superhero stuff could you Let's watch. Talk about it. Oh man, I think, <laughs> I think right, so I'm going to watch it like early morning on that Saturday because we record on Saturdays, so I'm going to come in. And have nice. More. They're going back to apparently. There's going to be a huge section of it in Wakanda. There is, yeah, yeah, like there's going to be a huge big battle sequence in Wakanda in Infinity War. They're going to destroy why, Wakanda. Why, 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 they they bring, just, why are they bringing their problems to Wakanda? Up, right, just Wakanda, just, up. Wakanda was minding its business. Minding its business, <laughs> and now they're going to come and trash it like they always do. No, no they're going to come and just do it in New York. Trash New York, right? <laughs> yeah, like go to New York and then you can just colonize home this. and come back. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cool. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's yeah, it. All Marvel like content aside, I think that's it. Thanks so much, guys. This Thank was you. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for having us. For coming out in the cold. We're sorry to do that. I'm sorry you have to go back out in it. Yeah. And Alex, I'm it glad you didn't fun. fall asleep napping in the corner. You know, it was uh, it was engaging. Yeah. Yeah. I was think about all like the politicians that I like don't know now because I just don't care about them anymore. Aww. So now I have to go and like learn. Because or become, you or become I don't a politician, like right? Yeah. Yeah. Or become, I think I'd be great. Sorry, but I'd hold be on, a like, great politician. Parking up on the side. Yeah. Did you not see that clip about um, when they were <laughs> they were interviewing um, Theresa Ray for um, International Women's Day? And then she was like, yeah. and, and they were like, oh, so what are you like, you know? What are you, you going to let your hair down? You, for you, women you got your day? girlfriends around. Yeah. How are you going to let your hair down? What did she say? She was shuffling. Yeah. She's like, she's yeah. Um, you know, letting your hair down, it's um like, one cannot you know, does not have the time to let like, one's just, hair in the oh, hand when they're like, yeah. and then, you, know, you know when they try to do the whole oh it's subjective, yeah. what that means. You have no friends. You have no friends. Just please say that. Just say, oh you know. But do you remember when they asked her what did you do when you were young and naughty? Oh I ran a field I ran to a field. Twitter was going crazy about that. This is our this is our leader, you know. It's like she can't like she gets thrown a softball. Well, she just can't. Yeah. <laughs> That's what a lot of our politicians lack is charm and charisma. Mm. That's what I was saying about about Ed Middleman is that he is actually incredibly charming and charismatic. Yeah. But if the I don't know if May, maybe May's going to do a podcast after she quits as Prime Minister. <laughs> oh, and she turns, turns out she's like a foul yeah. mouth. She's Can like, you imagine? Hilarious. I really love hip hop and this is my new hip hop appreciation podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like like Calls it like yeah. oh, Weak Voices. Weak Voices. May's Madness. Oh May's Madness. Oh my gosh. Teresa, uh, just go and do some yoga. Listen up. Relax. Relax please, yourself. Because you are doing the yeah, most. Yeah, she's probably so stressed, bless her. She was talking about how oh, I don't get to watch Netflix because I'm so busy. Yes, you are busy. You are the leader <laughs> <laughs> of the United Kingdom. And um, well, what would she watch on Netflix? I don't know. 
Probably some documentary. Designated Survivor. <laughs> oh, Designated Survivor. Such a She'll good, such a good show. Such a good like, show. Oh, what would happen if this country just gets blown apart? Who would take over? <laughs> <laughs> She's yearning for it. Literally. He's waiting for the day. The annihilation happens and you just zoom in and it's a smile on her face. I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Boo! Me again. Hi, sorry if I scared you. Just wanted to close out on a little bit of a plug for a podcast that we have really been enjoying that's also a part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Uh, Words to That Effect is a phenomenal literary podcast, uh, homegrown, home produced in Ireland that we have been a fan of now for the last couple of weeks since joining the Heads of Podcast Network. It's really good if you're into very well produced, um, very interesting, smart podcasts, uh, particularly if you're if you're interested in, in the literary world. This is one to check out. If I were to recommend an episode, I would recommend the one on transhumanism that came out recently enough. You can find those episodes at WTTEpodcast.com or, you know, subscribe in your podcatcher of choice so yeah go check it out uh, while we're listening uh, we'll be doing this from time to time shouting out uh, other podcasts that we that we really enjoy and we think you'll enjoy too so yeah happy podcasting why did I say it like that that was weird <laughs>